Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hello, you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson. And your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. It's the new year. It's the new year, 2019. Yeah, and we're going to talk about how to set relationship goals that cannot fail. Everybody sets goals. Actually, do you are you more of a resolution person or are you a goal person or does it... Do you distinguish between the two of them? I probably don't distinguish, but I, I've got lots of room for improvement. <laughs> it's kind of how I look at it every year. Yeah. yeah. So, you, do you, so you actually set like resolutions or goals for the year? Or? You know, yeah. My husband and I, we, we often do a new year kind of look at various areas of our life, everything mm-hmm. from our personal relationship to our finances to our health to you know all the different things that we want to achieve over the next year and kind of map it out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. do you find that you end up achieving most of those? I, I mean, I think off? it sets a direction for us. You know, sometimes we're more effective than other times, um, yeah. but for me it's just it's a good review, right? And a good discussion about where we're at. Yeah what we need to do. Yeah, I think we do the same thing. To me, it's a little more of setting an intention, mm, right? Mm-hmm. And just trying to be focused on something that we want to be different. Resolutions, whether you call them resolutions or goals, I prefer goals, but whether you call them resolutions or goals, the problem with those is that like 97% of those fail. Um, ah! And that's not a made up number just now. That's uh-huh. actual like research backed data that says mm-hmm. that the vast, vast majority of resolutions that we set at the new year, they fail. They don't resolutions work. Resolutions are dead by the January 30th. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're <laughs> dead. I think even sooner than that. I think the I think the research says it's like they're done with within two weeks and people don't pick them up again after that. And so they're very short-lived and they have a problem. But we are fans of setting goals for your relationship as well because that's something that most people don't do is they don't set goals for their relationship. Right. Right. What are your thoughts about why people don't set goals for their relationship? I think that's more esoteric, right? And our finances, our health are more concrete types of things that people are thinking about. They don't necessarily think about the coupleship. Um, What's our goal for this year or for, you know, our next step? And I think we think it should take care of itself. Yeah, because we think of things that need to improve in our relationship as really abstract things like Mm – Communication. We that's the classic one, right? right. That we all, everybody wants want to, to have better communication, and they want to. They don't. Nobody knows exactly what that means, but everybody wants it. We know we need to communicate better, or we need to be more connected. Sure. Um, we want to love each other better, or whatever it is. And it, we, there, there's not any of these kind of concrete things that we actually want to improve. We don't know how to. We, one, we don't know how to measure that, right? How do yes. you, How do you measure whether you're more connected? In a relationship, I mean, I think those are more hard sex, to, more sex. <laughs> but that, isn't that more concrete though? That's measurable. <laughs> that's measurable. I, that's measurable. Yeah. I, I know. I can track how much sex we're having. <laughs> right. Right. And I do in my planner. Every you time. do. You? No, oh gosh, Adam. <laughs> no, I think uh, no. We You're do not freaking do that. me out. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think everybody wants things that, that they want to change or have be yes. better in their relationship, yes. right? 
I had I did have a uh, couple one time that said there was nothing that they wanted to be different in their in their relationship. They, they just wanted they, to pay for therapy. They just wanted to pay for therapy. I guess <laughs> I don't know. That was that was kind of that was kind of weird. But you've have you ever met a couple that's just like everything's good? We don't need we don't need to change anything. Like even like friendships, not just clients. Yeah, I I mean I certainly have met people outside of the therapeutic room who you know say everything's great. Right, the Facebook skim. You know, especially this time of year, everybody else looks so happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> or, uh, holiday time, like holiday everybody, time. everybody's Christmas card put yeah, together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that in in the therapy room, I have goals for couples, and it, it oh, isn't. Yeah. There's a generic goal, which right. is the first thing is you know couples have this push pull, the pursuer distance or dynamic mm-hmm. often, and so I want them to identify it. I want them to feel themselves in it. Mm -hmm. So in the room, we talk about it. Okay, it's right here. And then my first goal is for them outside of the room, for them to say, oh, yeah, I'm doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I want them to do is to identify their part. Yeah, I'm the pursuer. I'm the distancer. And to know their options. Like if I'm a pursuer, which is a push and it's not working, Mm -hmm. right? I push and push and push and it things don't change. They don't get better. Right. So do you know an alternative? And right. pursuers often say, you're just saying I shouldn't do anything and I'll never get my needs met. I'm like, no. I'm saying you need to stop being critical. You need to contain your anxiety and make direct requests. Yeah. And then the distancing partner, you know, they often say, you know, my, my partner's out of control. They're always angry with me. They're always critical. I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm doing nothing. Yeah. You know, I'm innocent. Yeah. So those and, are those are your goals. Those are your goals for your right, couples when they're in therapy. Right. right? Exactly. And I, yeah. I want the, the distancing partner to see that they're actually pulling, yeah. that their lack of doing things sometimes is what's so frustrating and anxiety producing yeah. in their partner. So they need to nurture and come toward their partner with yeah. initiation. Yeah, I think all those are all good goals. I think I want overall for my couples, I want them to have better goals in general. Mm. Like I want them to be able concrete, to, concrete, specific, measurable, specific, measurable action things that they can actually take uh-huh. action on, and then to have goals for themselves that they can have realistic expectations for those goals, so that they can see progress happening. I think that's one of the problems with why resolutions and goals fail is because when they're not happening the way that we want them to happen. Right. And so that we get hopeless and we give up on them. Uh Right. I think it's crucial that you be able to see the progress that you're making and and have a reasonable expectation for what that's going to change, right? If we compare, like, if we did that with, like, weight loss, right? If we set weight loss goals for ourselves and we use the, the we expect that we're going to be, like, on one of those weight loss TV shows where we're going to lose 30 pounds in one week, then we're going to get hopeless and we're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to give up really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. But if the goal is more something like we are, uh, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Right. right. Something like, that I I'm can gonna, do. Because, or I'm going to go four times a week or something right. like that. I like that. Rather than actually weight loss is, is a hopeless goal, right? Because you can't you can't lose weight. You can change the way you eat. You can mm-hmm. change the way you exercise. Those are tangible things, doable things. Yes. You can't change a number on a scale. I mean, the doable yeah. things eventually maybe change the number on the scale, but yeah, it's an indir- right. it's an indirect result. It's uh-huh. not it's not a right. direct result of yeah. what we're well, doing. Well, and I like that because then you can, you know, ask the couple every week, you know, did you do your, you know, the next step? Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you take that one step that you were supposed to mm-hmm. um, take that day? And we don't. I think we don't recognize that Jerry Seinfeld has this has this thing about don't break the chain. Have you heard about this? No. Where it's like you do the next step every single day, uh-huh. and you don't break. You cross it off for that day. Whatever right. it is. Whatever it is, you don't. Yes, I have heard of this theory. Like in terms of behavioral change, mm-hmm. you make a concrete commitment, no matter what. You you do the thing you're committed to, and you just don't stop and then eventually like that all those success successful days behind you make it more likely that you're going to be successful that day absolutely right so like you're <clears throat> i know you're writing your dissertation right and doing all that yes. fun stuff that you're involved yes, in yes right so I am. so even something like that like if you don't you even if you're only able to do 15 minutes a day those 15 minutes if you're if you're conscious enough to be able to do those 15 minutes every single day don't break the chain eventually mm-hmm. those small steps add up to the big uh, step the big change which actually gets it done and that's what i think when you when we talk about relationship goals like these things when we're able to set good goals and able to move them forward like we've been talking about eventually leads to bigger relationship change mm-hmm. and relationships mm-hmm. that we want but we don't think about it like that i don't think because we don't in we don't think of relationship goals the same way we think about other goals and oftentimes I think they just go unspoken mm-hmm. like because we all have things we want to change we just keep them in our head rather than speaking them out loud or we try to make them happen ourselves when relationship is two people and we don't talk about what we actually want to be different and so those things just stay unspoken and say and stay unsaid which is one of the chief reasons that other resolutions fail when you don't talk about them with somebody else. Mm-hmm. They, they, so there's it accountability. The there's accountability. Yeah, that, that makes us more likely to do it. Absolutely. But overall, I think it is just because we're going to come back in the second part and kind of talk about some ways to set better goals and to kind of okay. kind of do that goals that aren't going to fail. But overall, to me, it's just the thing that we focus on grows, right? Mm-hmm whether that's at work or in our personal relationships and definitely in our committed relationships, that when we focus on it and set some intentions, that that's the thing that's going to actually grow and be better. You know, I, I love that you're saying this concrete pattern of, you know, don't break the chain, don't stop doing it every single day, because those little changes, you're right, make a huge difference over time. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little aside, you know, not the most organized housekeeper, and But one of the things that we had decided at one point was every time you go up and down the stairs, you need to take one item. So oh, yeah. if you take one item and, you know, we figure we go up and down the stairs, right, like eight times a day easily. So if you take one upstairs item that doesn't belong there and bring it downstairs, maybe you're taking your water glass and then when you're downstairs, you take one item upstairs. I mean, it was so incredible, Adam. Yeah. Our whole house was like magically cleaned up. This is when the kids were little. Yeah. It was magic. That's awesome. And if they if the kids came downstairs without an item, I'd say, oh, you don't have an item, go upstairs. And pretty soon there was like no item to bring up and down the stairs. Yeah, so I said, okay, clean. if there's no item, then before you come down the stairs, look in the room that you're at. Is there anything that you can do to help make it better, to straighten it? Do one thing. Do yeah. one tiny thing. And it was like, boom. That's awesome. Our house was uber organized. It was really a cool thing. And the other one thing a day that I do every single day is I try to offer an appreciation for my husband Mm -hmm. about what he's doing, how he's contributing to the family, but also about his body because he's so hot. I mean, it's really easy. (laughs) But every single day I say something like, you know, how how attractive I find him. That's so good. And it's not, I mean, it's just, it's almost 
instinctual, but I've I decided that long ago. Yeah. I think the the thing that that we do every day is the hello and goodbye well. Uh-huh. Like that we making sure that I mean do it with my wife, but then also do it with the kids when I when yeah. I leave them is that and when we come home that that's the first thing that happens, you know, Rebecca gets gets the first you know, of all kiss. of first kiss and of all that um, when leaving and coming, but the kids, the kids do as well, and like I think that that just I think that adds up over time as it well. It does, right? it does. It creates a, a atmosphere of warmth, a family of warmth. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's come go back, back and talk about how to how to set those goals in a great way. Okay. So hey everybody, we have a favor to ask of you and we want to know you better. We'd love to know a little bit about who's listening, where you come from, what age you are, what gender you are. And so we have a link in the show notes, which is on foreplayrst.com. In the show notes, we're going to give you just a micro quiz, just a few questions. If you would answer that for us, it would be so helpful for us to get a better direction about who we're speaking to And we know that not all of you will do this, but if you would, foreplayrst.com is where you go in the show notes, link there, and just tell us a little bit about you. We would greatly appreciate that kind of feedback. And we're so thankful for each one of you. This will give us a way just to continue to make the podcast better, to address some topics that you really want to address. Please do that for us. We'd be so grateful that you did that. So we're back for Play Radio Sex Therapy, and we are talking about goals, relationship goals. I got to say it Adam's way. <laughs> relationship instead of resolutions. You like that better? No, no. I mean, e- e- either. Either. You're right. Either Interchangeable. One. Interchangeable. So we have some things that we think would help set those goals better because I think when we set good goals, then we give them the best chance that they are not going to fail. And the first tip is defeating perfectionism, the perfectionist aspect of goals through acceptance of our relationship. I think, Lori, too often our our goals are really perfectionistic goals. Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to be absolutely perfect. We're going to never fail at this. It's going to once we start doing these goals, everything's going to turn around. Once we start exercising, the weight is just going to melt off. I set last year what was probably too perfectionistic a goal. I set my goal last year was I was going to read 100 books in mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Um, and I think if I hold too tight to that, I ended up reading. I'll end up reading somewhere in the neighborhood of 60, 65 books. That's fantastic. This year, I know, and that's what I have to keep telling myself because what I hear all the time that perfectionistic voice says, in your head. "Yeah, in my head says I failed. You did, I failed. Yeah, <laughs> like it wasn't perfect. I read perfect. 60 books. I, I re- failed. <laughs> that's right. Oh my that's gosh. Right. Like uh-huh. things like that that we just get really perfectionistic about. Like if we start mm-hmm. working on our sex life with our partner." Uh, we say we're going to have more sex, and then a month goes by, and nothing's changed. Or maybe one thing has changed, and we look at it and go, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly like we wanted it to. We didn't have sex every day, right? We only had sex three times a week. That would make us discouraged and and drive the hopelessness. So to me, and you tell me what you think about this, but I think that one of the key ways to defeat that perfectionism is through just acceptance of whatever is happening, whether it's what's happening currently or whatever it is, the, the steps that you have to take or the steps that you do take, um, if that makes so sense. So we need to set the direction and look at the progress, mm-hmm. not necessarily it, it's a fail. I mean, if we make improvement, then that's a good thing. Then yeah. we've met our goal, even though we may say, you know, this particular number is our goal. But, you know, if we get close to that, that's that's a win. 
Yeah, I mean, I think something is better than nothing, right? Sixty is way Move, better than sixty is way zero. better than zero, right? Um, but I think that we we don't often just accept where things are today. Mm-hmm. Um, we fight against that. We either get frustrated about where they where it's been in the past or where we want it to go in the future, and so it, we never get to enjoy it. So, being able to accept it, I think, means well, I can make a step today, right? Mm-hmm. It gives it makes that a a lot easier. When I can just say, I just whatever's happening today, whatever's going on, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, I can accept it. It doesn't mean that things may not need to improve, right? It means I still may want it to improve, but I can accept where it is. Yeah. Um, and accept accept the good and the with the bad at the same time. Okay, so I have a couple goal for okay. everybody out there. All right. I have a new app on my phone that tells me how many hours a day I'm looking at my phone. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the updates on if you've got an iPhone, those three updates hours. Are Three oh. Three hours a day. Oh, my, my goal needs to be more your what, I am suddenly have time to do my doctorate, to do my <laughs> dissertation. I'm like, three hours a day. So my husband and I have done something. We're doing like phoneless weekends. Oh, that's awesome. Where we don't, we just put the phone down, don't look at it. I mean, it's even tempting, right? You go out to coffee and then you'll think, oh, I need to Google something. You know, I need to know this information right away. And then pretty soon, you know, all the emails pop up, the text mails pop up and, you know, you're you're in your phone. Mm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So to me, and I'm like basically off most of social media. We do have Instagram, follow us on Instagram. And I do tweet a little bit. But Overall, for my personal self, I'm not reading mm-hmm. my Twitter feed and, and that kind of stuff or That's my awesome. Facebook feed. Yeah, because it's just it's a wasteland in terms of time. And that has given us so much more time. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful. Well, that's great. Yeah. My goal needs to be more your goals. Mine is currently sitting at five hours. Is um, it really? A day. Yes. That's a lot. And that that's my phone. I think, yeah. you know, I have other screens too, right? I watch a little television. <laughs> I'm on my computer. Yeah. I mean, it's not accounting for any of that time. It's just the phone. But if you put 20 of that that three hours that you're on your phone toward your towards your husband, like even just 20 minutes Boom. is going to be is going to make a huge difference. Huge difference. So the second tip about what to how to set goals that are not going to fail is to focus some goals on what you need to improve in the relationship rather than on what your partner needs to do differently. Right. Do you know who you are, how you function, and what is your own goal? Yeah, because those goals, even if you, for some reason, y'all don't agree on the goals that need to happen and need to change, by setting goals for yourself about what you want to do different in the relationship, how you want to be better at whatever your part is, that is that becomes more way more in your control. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times when we when we think about things we want to change in our relationship, we we often default to things that we want our partner to do differently, um, and exclude ourselves. Yeah. Right. We want them to pursue us more. We want them to be more emotionally available. We want them to initiate sex more. Uh, help around the house more, whatever it is. We always know what we want them to do. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So easy to see their faults. (laughs) Okay, so let me give a concrete example for a pursuer. Okay. So one of the problems when you're anxious about the relationship, the state of the relationship, um, is oftentimes that anxiety is pretty pervasive. It happens all week long. And you often want to bring up your concerns frequently. So what I say is write them down and collect them in one place. Do not, on a random basis, ask your partner for change, offer criticism, or say the things that you feel are wrong. Collect them all, write them all down, Mm -hmm. and then have a designated time to say, we need 
a relationship debrief, and it has to be time limited. And this is frustrating for pursuers mm-hmm. because they're like, but, but, but I have so much to say. One hour. Yeah. You get one hour and you can talk about it. And that hour has to be divided with your partner so they can bring up their concerns or at least talk about their perspective on these concerns. Yeah. So collect it all as a pursuer. And that way your whole week is not disrupted by all the things that are wrong. You know, like, I mean, you can live, you can enjoy some time, some time together where it's not this constant critique. Okay, distancers, once a day, I want you to move toward your partner in a concrete way, which is offer appreciation, say, hey, how can I help you today? Touch them. Mm -hmm. Whatever their primary love language is, do one of those things each day. So your move is to come towards your partner with attention, and the pursuer's move is to contain all their criticisms and anxieties into one place, one notebook, and set one designated time to do it. it that alone will change the climate of your house. That's your awesome. Household. Yeah. That's a good goal, for sure. Next tip to talk about how you can set better goals for your relationship Um is to make sure that your partner is in agreement with your goals for the relationship. So this is when we talked about that they're not, that oftentimes our goals are not spoken, mm-hmm. that they go unspoken, is to make sure that they, that's just very basic, making sure that you actually speak them out loud. So, so come this, to an agreement about your couple gro- yeah, goal. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. And so that's, that's the thing that you were talking about that you and Derek do when you're assessing what you want to improve or that that's just that 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 is that conversation mm-hmm. right um, that's the accountability piece that's making sure like that you're in it together it's more team oriented it brings you together as a team and just saying like this is what we this is what we want to do together this is where we want to be um, but I think that requires a lot of like give and take right allowing mm-hmm. your partner to influence what your goals are as well because they may be different in what you want right so basically talking about them as well. And highly functional people can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people who are more distressed in their relationship have a hard time finding something in common to agree on. I mean, mm. so, okay, if you cannot make a relationship goal that is in common, this is my goal for you. Get into therapy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that says that your relationship is too stressed to really be a working partnership. Yeah. You need help. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think there is a, to me, there is, I think there's one tip that I could give about if you're struggling to do that. Default to the lowest common denominator. Whatever that is, whoever that has the kind of the lowest common thing that you can, that you can grab a hold of, right? Maybe it's you both want to have more sex, but you disagree about how much is enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You just default to the lowest common denominator and start there mm-hmm. and see, and see where it goes. Um, and being able to get on board with that, I think that I, that's one of the things that as a rule in our relationship is just lowest common denominator wins. Um, right. And it makes it makes things so much clearer. I, I have me. a couple who I mean, they both want more sex. Mm-hmm. They're having sex maybe once a quarter and they both want sex like minimally weekly. Both of them. Mo- I think either one of them would like sex at least two. And they, I think the other one wants it like three times a week. Mm-hmm. And they're having sex once a quarter. I'm like, mm. are you kidding me? You know, they it, let's let's get once a week on the the books. Yeah. You know, can we do that? Yeah. But there's all kinds of things they they've hung themselves up on in terms of initiation and this that and the other thing. And is it going to be good? I mean, it's just weighted down. Yeah. But the the good news is is they both want it. Yeah. Okay. That's that would be the lowest. That's common the denom- lowest common, common denominator, denominator is that they both you want both it. want it. 
Okay, so we have a couple of tips for setting these goals that are just don'ts, right? How okay. that you don't need to do. One is don't set your relationship goals based on your friends and family's relationships. Don't compare them to that. I think a lot of times we set goals based on what we see other people doing mm -hmm. rather than on what we need or what we what we want. And that to me is just destructive. Comparison is is the thief of joy all the time. Yeah. Um, and so being and we have Facebook to compare to. Oh, yeah. Right. The beautiful holiday postcard Facebook that it looks like all our friends mm -hmm. are so much happier. Yeah. Like, don't compare to that. That's, yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, that that's the I, false self that's being presented, everybody. <laughs> that is exactly right, and it's it's all. I mean, you you have to get, have some space from that, right? So don't go into those relationship goals conversations right after you jump off of social media and into those relationship goal conversations. You know, don't come back from your holiday parties and start having these conversations after you're seeing everybody <laughs> laughing and uh, joking together and go, well, they seem way better than us, right? You don't know what's going on behind behind Their those doors and doors. those closed doors yeah. and those relationships. So set it based on what you need, what you want, um, rather than in comparison to that. I'd also say don't use the goal as whether or not you reach the goal as a decision point for whether your relationship is going to be all right or not. I find a lot of people doing that as well, that they say, well, if we're not at this place by this point in time, then our relationship is done or, or it's over. Or my partner must not care about me if this goal isn't isn't met. And so I'd say, like, make sure that that you're not tying that goal to whether to the to a make or break point for your mm -hmm. for your relationship. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that's dangerous. And then the last one, make sure to just reassess it on a regular basis. We set goals all the time that are um, that change. We change over time. We change over as the year goes on. Circumstances change that keep us from that are like reasonable. Knee surgery. Like knee surgeries. Yeah. Um, kind of. Took <laughs> Adam away had from knee some. surgery this year, and so his goals for working out, I'm sure, were somewhat delayed there. Oh, they were absolutely. Right. Well, running my running goals were delayed because yeah, can't, I can't run for a year. But um, hmm. but as those things change, I mean that that's a good example of goals had to be reassessed like it, this is unforeseen circumstances there's nothing we can do about it but it's going to affect where our goals are and i think relationships happen that loss happens over time job loss uh people pass away illnesses and it moves life gets in the way life gets in the way of, of the those goals. sometimes and and be tender with yourself when that happens you know don't feel like a failure or, uh, yeah absolutely accept right. that yeah okay so, good so luck. happy new year to everybody we wish you a life with more love, more sex, more intimacy. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.